Hello and welcome to the third episode of the AVSJ podcast. I'm here with my buddy Aaron. Hello. This one is being recorded under lockdown, so mm-hmm. we're on Skype. Uh, not Skype, sorry. No Zoom. We're zooming. We're zo- zoom, zoom, zoom. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit weird because I mean we live so near each other. Yeah, we are less than a two-minute walk away from each other. I can pretty much smell you, but <laughs> I can't. I can't be close to you. But luckily now I can see you, so that's nice. Yeah, a pleasant to me. Yeah, I was saying to you before, last time we recorded a podcast, I did expect that the following episode would be a remote one, but mm. I thought you'd be in America. Yeah, <laughs> and so did I. <laughs> well. And now look how things have turned out. But. I, I yeah, I'm, it was a bit annoying, but I got a thing from my university saying you have to come home immediately, and <laughs> that's why I so did. You didn't think, <laughs> uh, nah, I'm gonna stay. <laughs> to be fair, I'd actually booked the flight home before they mm. told me to. Like oh. I came home, and then they were like, mm. "We think you should all come home," and I was like. Well, yeah, yeah preaching to the converted <laughs> yeah. um so yeah this is uh well i mean i hope this one goes all right um i can't see why i, sh- <laughs> I can't see why i shouldn't but you know it's a I'm bit sure different it it's a bit different it's a bit odd you know everything's a bit yeah weird now. well we thought in these difficult times where the world is being torn apart we should stop the arguing and come together mm-hmm. and just talk like friends you know, yeah. <laughs> um, there is a structure and there is an overall idea, but we're not like arguing anything out today. We're just, it's going to be kind of more of a personal episode, I would say. Yeah, this is more of a get to know each other episode. But we're here in strange circumstances, here to bring you some good vibes to enjoy yourselves. Um, the basic kind of idea for today's episode is kind of a spin on desert island discs uh i feel like everybody should be familiar with it but if you're not it's like eight songs um that kind of celebrities important people come in they pick eight songs they play them talk about what they mean to them important songs throughout their life not necessarily like their favorite songs but what they would have if they were cast away to a desert island Mm -hmm. we are in quarantine um which is not dissimilar to being cast away on a desert island apart from the desert island aspect of it. Um, (laughs) um, So we thought we'd kind of do a little quarantine kind of spin on it. Uh, My girlfriend, Ruby, I feel like everybody knows who she is, but if you don't, she's my girlfriend. (laughs) So I thought that we should call it Quarantunes. So that's her idea. I'm pretty pleased with it. If somebody thinks it's stolen, it's not. Okay. <laughs> okay, we had a lot of, we had a few ideas. Um Isolections was one of them. Um Lockdown Listening Party was another one. I bet you no one thought it was stolen until you said it's not stolen, I swear. Well, <laughs> it wasn't stolen. She came up with it on the spot and then we looked it up and like some other tiny music site <laughs> used it. That we're not going to name, but they are our enemies. <laughs> the, the hints in the name. Yes. Uh, I know you don't have video, but I winked. So. <laughs> you know, it was really um, funny. So, I was listening mm. to Hip Hop Save My Life the other day, and they had Dynamo mm-hmm. on. And obviously Dynamo is a magician. 
and then mm. it got him to do a trick in the on the podcast. And obviously, you can't see it, but you're just <laughs> <laughs> listening to them to them react like, "Oh my god!" Oh. <laughs> um, so that's our idea, but we're mixing it up a bit. So it's supposed to be eight songs. We thought that would be far. Well, I thought it would be far too difficult. So we've gone for five albums that we're taking with us to the quarantine situation. It was very, very difficult, as always, to pick for me. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it's so difficult that I feel like at one point I'm just going to have to make a split decision on the spot. Yeah. We were um, going to record this earlier in the day. And when we were going to do that, my list was quite different to what it is now. Mm. So as there will be with every episode, I'm going to have some regrets, probably. <laughs> 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 when I was trying to think up what to do with mine, I made myself some rules of like mm-hmm. each pick has to have certain things. I said I need a variation of genres. Yeah, that's why. And I then I was well. like, it can't have come out within the past two years because mm. if it's something that I'm just listening to at the moment, I might get bored of it by, by the end mm. of it. I might find that I don't like it and might grow over time. But if it's something that's come out over two years ago, I probably, I've got an opinion of it by now. Yeah, yeah, that is and true. And like, I'm, I'm pretty solid. Do I have like a memory associated with it? And then I was like, time frame. And I said, it has to all be over 35 minutes. Didn't uh-huh. stick to that at all. <laughs> um, I also said I have to like every song because I don't want to waste my time. Again, didn't stick. To I that think that's all. actually impossible, you know, because there's certain albums that I thought were like brilliant songs, start to finish, and turns out they're not. Mm. <laughs> turns out music ain't all that. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I also had kind of a criteria. I tried to do a variety of albums as well, and not just do hip hop. And mm, yeah. I, what I did was I would get like, I got like 10 or 12 albums and then mm. I tried to group them into what sounded the, or like what were kind of the, from the same sub genre or things like that and then mm. pitted them against each other and tried to eliminate like which one I wanted less. But yeah. it didn't completely work. And I you think you have I'm, similar sounding albums. No, I don't have any similar sounding albums, but. Yeah, like, me neither. It would like there was one point where I was like, "Well, I could take two of these similar sounding albums and take none of the other two. <laughs> but I think I'm happy with it. There's one split decision I'm not quite sure on, but we'll get to it. Um, yeah. Um, I will say I don't know if this happens on the recording, but this is just a note for the listeners. As we're doing this on Zoom, when I was listening to that, it kind of lagged. I don't know if the recording will also fuck up a bit, but if you do. Just enjoy all the bumps, okay? I think it's actually <laughs> kind of... of these I think it's kind of hilarious how... I mean, the, the situation is not hilarious, but, like, no. what we're in is kind yeah. of ridiculous. And <laughs> I kind of feel like the lag and the... Uh, yeah, it's all part of it. It's, kind of, it's endearing, yeah, I'm sure. The, yeah, adds to the ridiculousness <laughs> of the entire situation. Yeah, it's very much a moment. And I'm sure when you listen back to it, you'll think, wow, lockdown. Honestly, I've been thinking recently, like, do you reckon in a couple of years, you'd be like, remember that time the entire world was on lockdown for two months? Just like everything stopped. <laughs> a weird time that was. <laughs> do you remember like the time when nobody did anything for two months? 
<laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm working. And other than that, this is the most productive thing I've done. Yeah, I'm technically still at university, but like, emphasis on technically. Technical. Yeah. Let's get into it. Do you want to start? Are we going to do one each and then go through? Uh, I think so, because otherwise it would just be me talking for like <laughs> half an hour and then you talking for like half an hour. You start because I feel like the longer you don't start, the more changes you're going to make. So if you start now, then your, your changes will be finalised. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So the first of my albums is... Um, I might talk a bit about it and then I'll say what it is. Mm-hmm. So, a little bit of information about me. Um, I went through an age where I was really, really searching for music. Um, and I used to go on Bandcamp, um, which if people don't know what it is, it's like a site for mainly independent artists where they put their music up and people can pay however much they want for the music and then you download it. Um, and I would go on like the suggested page and I'd just scroll through it for hours and hours and I'd look at where people were from and I'd listen to little snippets and I'd just listen to some awful music that I loved <laughs> at the time, like really low quality UK hip hop of people that like work in the zoo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I found this producer called Brock Berrigan. I knew, who, I knew there was going to be some Brock Berrigan in here. Yeah, who pretty much shaped my music from 2012 until now, I would say. He's been ever-present. And I just downloaded every song that you could where the option would be, how much do you want to pay? And you could pick zero. And I would do that. (laughs) So I got like... (laughs) You're supporting the independent artists, huh? (laughs) I was supporting the independent artists, but I didn't have money like or I was still committed to being like no I can I can find a way of getting it for free (laughs) um and so I would just listen to his music and I like fell in love with all these what now is really big in like chill hop those videos where you've got like Mm. an animated person just listening to stuff and it's just it's a lot like background music it's like nice beats it's all instrumental lo-fi beats to exactly relax and study to Yes, and you got a little squirrel or whatever. <laughs> the book. Apparently the girl is still writing in her room. Yeah, and turning a page. <laughs> um, so it was a lot of stuff like that. And that was all I listened to, with a few other things here and there. And then suddenly, one weekend, he was like, I'm going to uh, release this new album and it's going to be kind of different from everything I've released so far. He was like, it's going to be kind of disco-y, there's a lot of guitar. And uh, to celebrate it, I'm going to put all my music available for free. And I was like, fuck it, I've got to download everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I downloaded all these albums, including his new one. I had like over 200 songs just by him. Um, and the new one at the time was called 2AM. And it was just like crazy. It was, it was very disco. It was like really fun, upbeat. It still had things that are kind of signatures of him. Like it would have weird kind of cartoony skits, which now in these podcasts seems like it's something I'm into, but it's not. <laughs> um, and I remember in that period of time before he'd released that album, I'd been going through some kind of difficult things and I'd been just listening to him because it was like background music you didn't really need to listen to. It was just kind of distracting and it was just kind of nice and it was there. 
And then when this album came out, it was like such a payoff to have gone through something bad and then have like this disco-y fun good yeah. time. <laughs> and then I remember really distinctly. So I, I would always show you and play Rob Berrigan. And like, yeah, I remember I had a few of his albums and I really... Yeah. And like at the time he was... Like I remember you complaining, you were like, who are you sending me with like 300 views on YouTube? Bro, okay, so <laughs> Brock Berrigan, right? When Aaron first told me about him, I was like, let me search this guy on Twitter, like, see like what he's about. He had 13 followers. <laughs> and then recently, I followed this guy called The Count, and if you don't follow him, you definitely should, because he posts like videos of himself making beats in his room, but like they're already well edited and his beats are really good as well. And um, he like liked or retweeted something from Brock Berrigan. I was like, oh shit, yeah, I remember Brock Berrigan. And I was got thirty thousand followers, and I was like, right, Aaron was really in there. <laughs> well, I remember very distinctly having this moment in my first year. I was at Antwerp Mansion. It's a club in Manchester. It used to be a club in Manchester, which also very much represents a time of my life. Like going to Antwerp every week in first year is like good and bad memories <laughs> and I remember we were at a triple cooked event and On My Mind which is from this album came on and I remember just getting so excited that I like told Ruby who I was with at the time and she was like what are you talking about and I wrote a note on my phone so I'd remember to say it in the next day <laughs> And it came up <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> it was like up off mirror, Brooke Bengen. <laughs> I was like, they played on my mind. <laughs> and I just remember feeling so like, so happy and having again that rush of just excitement yeah. to listen to him and feel happy again and have that album in my life. And then I listened back to it again and again and again. And also, in these times it's like 31 to 35 minutes i say 31 because i think it's 31 exactly but i can't remember um and that is what i found to be a very good length for a walk so mm. <laughs> if you need a lonely walk uh with some good vibes especially in the sun which is now coming yeah throw on that album and you'll really enjoy yourself nice yeah, I feel, you put it on my mind on one of our playlists, if I'm not mistaken. I probably would have done, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember you putting, I think it was on my mind, it might have been a different song from the album. And like, mm. obviously, yeah, I knew Brock Bergen is more chill hop. And I remember, this is before I knew like what sampling was. This is a bit of a side note. Before I really understood like how much sampling was used in hip hop, I remember hearing mm. one of his songs and had the same sample as a Joe Badass song. And I was just mm. like, oh, he stole it from Joe Badass. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really understand like people sampled the same things. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's like kind of what I knew Brock Berrigan to be. And then when you showed me that disco song, then mm. I was like, oh, this is unexpected, but also pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And I think in these times, why not have a little bit of upbeat fun relaxed but exciting disco if relaxed but exciting makes sense <laughs> yeah and also it's it's like a mix it's not all disco it's like also quite chill hoppy as well mm-hmm. lo-fi fun so that's my first pick nice good yeah. pick i would say thank you 
Uh, yeah, my first pick. Well, I'll go for the one that kind of to me is the most similar in that respect. I picked Settle by Disclosure. Oh, um, nice. And when I was doing my kind of pre pre game battle between things mm. as to who to pick, that went up against ninety nine point nine percent against Kate Renata. Mm. And I listened. Well, I skimmed through them both. And like you, Settle came out when I was like, I think 15 or 16. Mm. And I didn't really, I only really listened to Disclosure because my girlfriend at the time told me to. And then <laughs> they played at Ali Paddy and she was going, like a bunch of my friends were going. I was like, oh, fuck, I'll go. In fact, I think you I were was there. there. Yeah, you were yeah there. I was there. We saw each other like right at the end, not to interrupt. Yeah, like yeah. we hadn't seen each other for the whole show and then everyone left and we saw each other and we were so <laughs> gassed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like before that, I, like, I listened to them a bit, but not really. And then mm. I just remember listening to that album so much. Mm. And then uh, it was one of those albums that really got me into. I mean, I was into electronic music before that, but really got me into like house music and garage and stuff like that. Even though it's not what you would kind of consider to be like a yeah mainstream kind of sound. Like they definitely have their own kind of thing that they put onto it. And I thought, because I need a variety, I thought, kind of like you, you need something a bit upbeat and a bit something. Uh, yeah. That show as well. They like brought out everybody. Bro, they brought out Sam Smith, they brought out jo- uh, Luna George, they brought out. Couple of them yeah, and they do a great live show. Like I feel like yeah. it's unexpected, but every time I've seen them, they've been. Oh man, that's that album's got so many good songs. Yeah, honestly, if you haven't listened to it in a long time, go through it and remind yourself of how many bangers on that album. I like. I remember- I'm not gonna lie, there are some songs that aren't as good, and mm. if you're not into electronic music, then maybe it's not for you. No, but- I don't even think that's the really. Case. I think there's enough variation on there. Like, uh, help me lose my mind. I would say mm-hmm. you don't have to be into electronic music for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with Latch as well. I feel like yeah. there's enough variation where you don't need to just like like a certain genre to be into it because it kind of has mass appeal. Yeah. Do you have a favorite true. song from that album? Uh, I a lot of the time I use "What's in My Head" and the running remixes from the end in a lot mm. of DJ sets. But listening back through it again, Tenderly is an outrageously mm. good song. Um, yeah. Grab Her, also a really good song. Yeah. Uh, Latch obviously is very good, but like it, I, got, it got banged out so much that like... I've got memories of me and you in chemistry and yeah. you would sing Latch and then I'd do the little deep bit where it'd be like... <laughs> 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 yeah, that's all. fair enough. Uh, but even like white noise, like that got banged out as well quite a lot. And mm. you know what? When you go back to listen to it, you're like, it's a really good song. And I think it was fair enough it got banged out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it also like in the same way it represents a very specific time. Yeah. Um, underrated album though, definitely. Well, I mean, you say that. I was looking up just things about it. 
and mm. went straight to number one in the UK charts when it came out on their debut Good album. On them. I know. But yeah, that's my first pick. Lovely. Uh-huh. What, what a nice start we're having. <laughs> what happens when we get along? I know. <laughs> um, also, interesting, two, first pick, both just like DJs. Mm. Well, that, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you're saying they put on a really good live show. Because I know like they do DJ as well, but every time mm. I've seen them, they've been, I think I've seen them like three or four times, they've had like a ridiculous amount of stuff with them and like goes mm. behind them and all this stuff. Yeah. I was supposed to see them actually very appropriately. I was supposed to see them in Manchester in this tiny club called Yes. I was planning on seeing them there. Um, and it got cancelled because of quarantine, because of shut lockdown. Yeah, they were playing. Like, they were playing a few pre-tour dates in mm, California, and really. annoyingly, it was on a Tuesday night. It was like in San Jose, which was like an hour and a half away from me. And on Tuesday mm. night, and I had no car, and then mm. I was trying to work out like, oh, can I get there? Are they going to play Glastonbury? Thinking of all these things, mm. and then. Pointless. Wouldn't have mattered now. Oh, got cancelled. Even Glasgow got cancelled. <laughs> Point. <laughs> Stimulation. Forget that, Jules. Back to put, forget all the bad stuff. Yeah. Let's think about the good times. Yeah. So I might actually go off my go off that. I'll go to a similar uh-huh. similar album. Not similar, but similar in the sense that it's like electronic dance music. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say about this album is it even though i've said electronic dance music there is it's almost impossible to put this album into a genre it has like hip-hop dance electronic opera like everything not that that is all the genres but, <laughs> but it spans so many different genres within its runtime and yeah. it takes you on such a weird kind of scary but exciting journey <laughs> um it is uh reverence by faithless i knew it knew it knew it straight away so um have you ever listened to the album by the way i don't think i have to be honest do it it is wild. oh no i'm so busy right now i don't really have to <laughs> <on> my hands <laughs> um so weirdly um though you wouldn't probably guess it from the fact that it's faithless this is an album from my childhood um, it used to be something that my dad would play in the car and I would always replay the song Baseball Cap and uh, Mass Destruction. <laughs> I used to listen to Mass Destruction when I was a kid as well. Whether long-range weapon or suicide bomb a wicked mind is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether you're Soloway's son or BBC One, this information is a weapon of mass destruction. You could have Caucasian or Rapporation. Racism is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether inflation or globalization, fear is a weapon of mass destruction. Because I just I found his voice kind of funny and I liked it. I listened to it because we had like a thing on our TV where you could watch music videos on demand and mm. Mass Destruction was one of them. And I used to watch mm. the music video all the time when I was a kid. It's, and it's just like, it's so memorable. Like you could do the noise from that and like everybody would know what mm. to do, that song. And so I would just listen to those two songs all the time. Like my dad would go and get petrified, just replay that, stay in the car, <laughs> replay those songs. Um, and then in year 12, 
um, I went to Boardmasters Festival. Not a great festival, but I had a great time. <laughs> the festival was great that year. <laughs> and um, Faithless were headlining. And I listened back to, like, I remembered Faithless and I remembered really liking them, but I hadn't listened back to that album. And I did. And the first song, which is what the album is named after, Reverence, is like amazing. So it it goes on such a weird journey. It's got a really, really long intro. And then it's got this sick kind of hip hop beat I think you would actually really like mm-hmm. that I can't really describe. And then he just raps over it and it, it blew my little mind. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes from that into Don't Leave, which is a song. It's kind of like a kind of like an indie song that you would just never guess again was faithless mm. and it's um ah oh, i just remember so clearly so so clearly the performance um from start to finish and that's pretty rare to start with <laughs> and just because i remember having such an incredible weekend even though yeah it was board masters but still <laughs> like i remember everything from that weekend and having building friendships it was of my main mates it was only me joe dexter and grace and we didn't really know grace that well like (laughs) grace was joe's girlfriend at the time and i remember her coming and her liking faithless and like we like we knew grace and we liked her but that weekend (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) but like at the same time it was just like it was a surprise there was still there was like early days yeah and from that weekend we became like so close yeah and i remember the performance being something that just stuck with everybody mm. i would say it is le- mm. either level or just below because yeah that has a different space in my heart as when i saw kendrick mm. um it is without doubt one of the best thing i've seen and the album just sticks with me for that reason and i can't listen to it and not think about my friends as a result of that even the ones that weren't there i still think about friendships and having good times and in the same way that last one was a good walk this has got some some i want to run to (laughs) (laughs) um but it's also so varied that it can be appropriate for all kind of emotional states where whatever you're feeling if you're thinking about family if you're looking back on things nice my second album mm-hmm. to go off yours as well is an album that i saw live mm-hmm. and it also blew my mind <laughs> and i actually saw this with you oh how it fun it is malibu by anderson pack yeah hey, well that's exactly what the nigga That was actually one of my honourable mentions. Really? Just so you know. Not to say that it's definitely not on my list, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that album... I think it's definitely a contender for my favourite album ever. I think it was also the first album that I put on my list. Like, first definite definite album. Because 
it's kind of got everything you need. It's got like a bit of hip hop, a bit of soul, some dance songs as well. Anderson Pack is amazing. Like all that, that I think is an album that doesn't have any bad songs. Some like mm. all right songs, but they're not bad. Yeah. Um, but it's I would say that's probably a nine out of ten album. And I feel like in a quarantine, it would be difficult to get bored of that album. Yeah. My only thought was that I've just heard it so many times, but I'm, I'm still not bored of it. Mm. I think maybe I just play certain songs a bit too many times. I think it's actually um, been quite a long time since I listened to it. Mm. Um, so I was less hesitant about being like, yeah, I brain sound a bit too much. And that time when we saw it was at Parklife in Manchester. Yeah, it was at the end of my first year. Yeah. The end of your gap year as well. Yeah. And I, th- th- it was such a well put together show, like the mm. transitions between each song. I mean, you thought Dre was coming because <laughs> he, d- he did like a... He before... Oh, no. Okay, there was one bit where he teased the next episode and then mm. went into... Um, I can't remember the name of the song, but he went into a different song. And there was another time where he went, you guys are a bunch of animals. I know. I, I thought he was about to play animals like him and Dr. Dre, and I lost my shit, and it turned out like, this is going to figure out the crowd. Yeah. I remember, because I remember I was both looking at each other and being like, <gasps> but like, really poor choice of wording. Like, <laughs> Surely he knows where everyone's going. Like he's just messing with us. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to upset you, but that exact transition is what happened when I went to that free show and he did he did that intra- yeah. um, transition into yeah, Still Dre and then Dre just came out. And I was yeah. like, ah. but then they didn't play Animals, which is also weird. Really? I yeah. mean, to be fair, it is like just a random album cut from a not that big album. But that was that was definitely the first time you'd ever heard him. And you, I remember you taking that yeah. song to me and saying, this is the best hip hop song of all time, as you love to do. <laughs> as you love to do with any remotely good song. <laughs> and you're like, this Anderson Peck guy, he's going to be big. <laughs> I, was like, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was right about the second part. Yeah. Yeah, because then Malibu, like, we talked about it in the first podcast about how it's such a good... It's just such a good vibe, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I would say maybe a flawless album. The skits are a bit weird. What hip hop album doesn't have <laughs> weird skits? I remember with that album, in my um, in my freshers, Joe and Dexter came up literally in freshers week because we got Joe tickets to a warehouse project for his birthday because Gold Link was playing. Yeah. And I remember we were at Pre's and we were like we don't know the people here like they were all my flatmates <laughs> like I was yeah. like I don't know what we're supposed to put on and Dex was like oh no I'll take tunes I'll take tunes we're like what are you gonna do there's <laughs> crowd please in it and then he just put on the album which is a weird choice for Pre's but it's yeah. just like such a crowd please bro so many like, so many bangers on the album yeah like I, I would say that is it's such an easy album to listen to and it's I'd be surprised to find it's difficult to find someone who wouldn't like that album yeah for sure well you see that my brother didn't really like it although he did like celebrate 
He like celebrate came I up. I like celebrate to be fair. Celebrate that's, came that's up. a good vibe song. Celebrate came up on his Discover Weekly. Mm. He was like, oh, this song is amazing. <laughs> and I was like, very good, check the rest of the album. And then he was like, uh, yeah, it's not really saying much. <laughs> <laughs> Which brother? Uh, the middle one, Joe. Oh, Joe's an idiot. I hate Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say your memories from that album are that show? Because it also, like, it's such like a summertime kind of vibe. To be fair, Which... that show definitely like propelled how much I liked that album. I don't get me wrong, mm. I did not like it before that show. You know what's funny? Like, a few days before that, I went to see Goldlink. With you, Joe, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and Sorry, the... wait. Before you say this, think about what I said about two minutes ago when I said that Jules said that Animals was the best, show that, the best song of all time ever. Yeah, I came, so... out, I came out of Golden Link and I was like, I think that was the best show I've ever seen. <laughs> and then just as Anderson packed, like the show was starting at Park Life, Joe like, tapped me on the shoulder and said, like, this is going to shit all over Gold Link. <laughs> and I went, oh yeah, we'll see about that. Fair to say it did. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely the best thing we saw a weekend and it was for a while, like, I mean, it still is one of the best things I've seen. Um, not like, it's not the best thing I've seen, but it's like, it's up in the mix. No, for a while it was the best thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, but you just think that about everything no, no, no. you've just for seen. Like, for like a couple <laughs> years, I thought that was the best show I'd ever seen. Hmm. Charles Gambino and I was like bro <laughs> <laughs> the next so that was on the first day of Park Live and then the next mm. day like, I was at the same stage seeing a thing Laurel Connor mm. and I overheard someone but like some people behind me were like were you here last night for Anderson Pack bro it was like the best thing I've seen mm. and I was like just thinking like it's not just me like everyone thought that <laughs> this is the best thing the world has seen <laughs> <laughs> It's the best thing that's happened to Manchester since Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oasis. That's actually my next pick. Oh, really? Next yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's one more. No, but actually, weirdly, my next pick is a Manchester band. Is it uh, a mouse outfit? No, they're on my honourable mentions. It is a band that you, I would say, would never have heard of. It's kind of like an indie band. I feel like I keep saying indie when I might not mean it, but I think I do mean it this time. Um, called I Am Clute. I uh, Am Yes. Uh, with an album called Sky at Night that came out in 2010. Uh, and I was listening to it in 2010. Uh, if you remember earlier in the podcast, I was talking about how I was really searching for music. I was really searching for music in the period after this album had come out. So like... I went through a phase before I was big into hip-hop where I was just kind of listening to what I knew around me, as I think most people probably do. Um, and so I was listening to a lot of just bands like Kings of Leon were big at the time. Eminem, I remember listening to a lot of because I was a young boy. And that's what, <laughs> that's what happens with Eminem. And then you think, whoa, what's this? <laughs> And then later you're like, oh gosh, I wish, I wish that didn't. Happen. But, <laughs> um, but my dad, I'm not sure how he found this album, but he got this album and he started playing it in the car, similar to the Faithless album. Mm. But this was like 
different from anything I'd heard before. It's got a lot of like orchestral elements to it. Like if you look on the Wikipedia when it like lists the artists, the main things are like viola, violin, cello, mm. things like that. Um, and it's like really atmospheric and dreamy. And the whole the whole recording in a time when you're not allowed to see anybody is really nice because when you listen to it, it feels like really close if that makes sense yeah. i'm sure you can explain some sort of technical element to that but it feels like <laughs> it feels like they're kind of in the room. <laughs> it feels just like very personal and like you can hear the different into it in oh what's the word in iterations kind of different emphasis is on the on his voice like different mm. in you know the word i don't know sorry you know the word <laughs> <laughs> um and so like it feels just like you're with somebody else yeah. and it it go, again goes on like an emotional journey which i always enjoy lots you're, of like you're stories I'm big on an emotional journey. I'm big on a story. And this is like full of them. And the weird thing is, is like the stories are all about like alcoholism and loneliness and like creeps at a bar and like weird things. But for some reason, hearing these like sad and depressing things, it fills me with a sense of joy and happiness. <laughs> like <laughs> there's something, there's something really comforting in the ways that the stories are delivered and the kind of like atmosphere of these like strings and these or- orchestral pieces that yeah. is really like warm and kind of nostalgic and comforting. So it's like the message is not so happy, but your attachment to the music is what makes you happy. Yes. Think about Jurassic Finish finished first. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, this is a nice. <laughs> yeah. What a great. But it's about how like they're done. And I, like, <laughs> I thought you were gonna talk about Hey Ya and how it's like the happiest sound song ever. Based on you know what? That was a much better example. For some it. reason, Jurassic <laughs> Finish first just came in my mind. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. They talk about their parents' divorce over like the happiest instrument that we've ever heard in your life. And the happiest vibes. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, it's kind of similar to that, although it's not even necessarily that the it's got good vibes. It just kind of radiates something positive to me. Mm. And I don't know exactly what it is. Um, a good song to listen to to kind of get you in to the vibe of the album is um, Fingerprints, because I feel like that kind of explains the vibe that I'm going for. Big recommendation. If heaven is a place upon your skin That I may have touched from without to within Well then dust yourself for fingerprints and grin And grin Weird that we are... That's my third one. Arguably, none of them are hip hop so far. Yeah, my, ne- oh, my, next one, my next one isn't hip hop either. <laughs> <laughs> hip hop book up. My next one is actually the one that I was trying to decide on. But now that I've like introduced it as no, it's not the hip hop one, then <laughs> fine. 
<laughs> no, you have to do it. Yeah, no, otherwise, <laughs> that is, otherwise that is silly. Oh, actually, before that, I just wanted to ask you, is I Am Clute a uh, play on <laughs> I Am Groot from, uh, what's it called, Guardians of the Galaxy? No, it's, I mean, it's 2010, so it's mm-hmm. way before the film. They could be big fans of the comics. I don't know. That would be but I'd be, niche. That would be well niche. <laughs> <laughs> I would be very surprised. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But yeah, we were going to do um, questions about each of our picks yeah. as like a quiz at the end. This is the point at which I'm like pleased that we didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> My my next pick is not a hip hop album, and it's not UK or US. It's French. Uh, kind mm-hmm. of, it's from a guy who's very multi instrumental. But he also does singing. I've seen him live a few times, and you watch him, and you're like, this guy is just perfect at music. <laughs> like, you know, this guy's where you just think like he can play five instruments better than one person could like dream to play one and mm. he's just a master of all of it and playing all of the same same time anyway the album is french kiwi juice by fkj which also stands mm-hmm. for french kiwi juice um i never knew that's what it, stand, it stood for until this album and then i was really? like why what <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's a bit weird because i found him like a couple of years before this album came out. He made songs like this, but he was also like a French house producer. And then mm. he started doing like remixes for people like Leanne Le Havis. And then the bait one was the fly remix that he did, the Drew Marie mm. who he then turned out to marry, yeah. which is cute. So yeah, like I knew him from like some of these kind of things and then he was getting a bit bigger and then he dropped this album and I was like, I think because I did like a lot I still do some music production, but I did a lot more at that time. And it was one of those albums mm. where I just thought like, Jesus Christ, like, there are some people who are just so insanely good at this. And mm. I kind of appreciated how much you had to work at something when I listened to this album. And then mm. that's even before just getting to how like the songs are just amazing. like. A lot of them are just not even any vocals yeah. or anything. It's just him just playing around on them on every instrument. Um, and he's just basically the best at what he does. If you watch the the like freestyle sessions where they made like Tadao and stuff, mm. like just how easily he can just pick up an instrument and just kind of go with yeah, what you're, yeah. whatever the other person's doing. Yeah, for real. He does it on stage as well. Like he, mm. when I saw him, he had like a square of like racks of instruments. And he's like, oh, just pop that one up and then just play like ridiculously. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, he's just crazy, man. Like, that guy is so good at music. It yeah. is nice vibes, the album, I would the say. The whole album is incredibly nice vibes. And 
I think a lot of his kind of thing is that he's on his own and he's doing these things by himself and his music is made by him but for lots of people is kind of maybe good for a lockdown where you're also by yourself and it's kind of more of a personal connection mm. yeah you do kind of get that vibe from him that like like you said where he's just like picking stuff up and he's doing it it's just like he's an incredible musician and it almost feels like he's doing it kind of effortlessly where he's just yeah, like completely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on my own today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just pick that up and put that in and do that and do this. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't think I had anything else to say about that. Yeah, I was supposed to come with you to that first show and then I couldn't go. Yeah. I can't couldn't, remember why I couldn't go. Couldn't or was <laughs> No, I, I couldn't for a reason, but I can't remember what it was. And then you got really annoyed at me because I didn't see him at Glastonbury. Yeah, you said to well, no, it was what you said to me, I'll come meet you at the stage. And then I was like, where are you? And you're like, yeah, I'm not coming. And then you did that <laughs> for every act of the day. <laughs> I really, it was with zero intention. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I was, you know, when you're just completely unaware of what you're doing. And we did, we did meet at some point. No, that day we didn't see each other, I remember. Was that the Sunday? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. My last like interaction well, with you at Glastonbury was you were queuing for like this like mini club thing and you and this boy Harrison like walked off and I was like, oh I'll be back. And then I never saw them again that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went up to the sign and just like sat down. Yeah. You know the sign at the top of the hill. Yeah. And yeah, we yeah. was like, I think it might be bedtime. Like <laughs> <laughs> and I remember you lot were just like you were queuing and you were ready to keep partying and yeah. we were like I think we might be tired enough <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's probably a wise choice to be fair yeah yeah great time though fantastic time and that time at Glastonbury he played um, a cover of Explosive by Dr Dre out of nowhere hmm. and I was like my man <laughs> was he better the first time you saw him uh the first time, like, it was at Electric Brixton. So I feel like whenever you see someone at an actual venue, it's always a bit better because, like, the mm. whole thing is catered for this one show. And when it's at a festival, yeah. you're, like, getting everything done. But when I saw him at Glastonbury, I was literally, like, front and centre, mm. um, which is pretty cool because you just get to see everything he's doing. Um, yeah. And yeah, that was like cool. It was nice vibes. Very sunny day. Couldn't complain. <laughs> Both three down. So, this was actually the top name on my uh, honourable mentions. And then I decided mm, that... It has to be in instead, even though <laughs> even though it heavily, heavily breaks the rule that I set of I have to like every song because there's at least two songs that I just don't like at all on this album. Mm. It Not is going to have in the lockdown, songs you don't like. No, I know. But we had a conversation where we were like, oh, you don't have to listen to the whole album. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what, that's... That is so much the case. And so I, I was trying to pick between a few different um, choices. And then I put on this album, which is uh, Maiden Manor by Kane. Mm, interesting. 
And once it, like Hail, an incredible starter, but it's not really that much of a lockdown song. Yeah, unless I, I feel like, like yeah. angry. <laughs> <laughs> like, smash, and up then his, it, smash up your house. <laughs> <laughs> and then it got to T-shirt weather, and I was like, oh gosh, I have to include this album. <laughs> like, oh, I've, I'm sure I've spoken about it before, definitely in the last episode, but the impact that Kano has had on me and my friends is mm. unparalleled to any other artist. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm pretty sure okay. that right. in the Shea Awards, you said that uh, flipping, what's it called? What was new album? Hoodies All Summer. Hoodies All Summer. I'm pretty Hoodies sure Summer. Hoodies All Summer was your favourite Kano album. So, so surprisingly, you went for this one. I don't disagree with that statement. That album is better than this album. But this album has so many memories attached to it. Uh, particularly like one main summer where me and friends went yeah. to those home anniversary show. And that was like the first thing he'd done for years. And everybody thought, oh, Ken is he's done with music. He's just acting now. He's going to yeah. be in Top Boy or he was in Top Boy. Like nobody knew what was going on and then making he announced this show. Making, making his Mercedes-Benz adverts. I know. I rewatched that advert. It's quite funny. Really? It's like he's doing a secret show and people are chasing him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this show got announced and then he dropped Garage Skank, which again, not a great song. It's a good time, but not a great song. Like the the beat is really yeah the beat is but fire. it's not something that i want to listen to yeah um and i remember at the end of the show he played that song and he played three wheel ups and came and mm. gigs came out yeah she goes in yeah. by the free player free throw team switch niggas looking at me on the key holding i'm a gangster and a gentleman team hosting nah. i'm a skinny nigga nigga me so slim slim put it to me honest when the deep goes in yeah. money getting money tight the key codes in please can i have my money what's the key code and we were all just like left so gassed and so like excited for everything that was going to come and i had no expectation that what would come would be this album like i said it's not like i don't love it front to back i don't really like deep blues i don't like this is england but the songs that i love from that album like there's so many just like one lines that a friend could say and it would just like crack me up because i just remember something that we have associated to it and i think when we're stuck alone which we are (laughs) i have to like think about the good times that i've had with other people and it's weird because you get the balance on this album of like oh these are introspective things about growing up and um my hometown and like hanging out with friends and arguing and all that and then you have like oh hype songs that were and in in those moments i'm like this is when i'm like oh i hate the lockdown (laughs) and i need (laughs) something to pump me up and then i'm like oh introspective fun about my friends and memories (laughs) (laughs) and that's why i felt like it had to be on there yeah um and it yeah. is just oh. it's interesting that you said so much about how live music affects how we view mm. itself even though the album obviously wasn't intended for our uh i mean the album wasn't intended for us to see it live but yeah it's not entirely not true 
No, it depends on the artist. Some people, like Kanye was like, oh, I'm making albums to be live shows mm. for a period. Um, but other people, like Kano especially, would be like, I'm making an album to make an album. This is the story that I want to tell front to back. Yeah, And yeah. then he'll put it into a show. Um, and it's not, with, with all of these, obviously we liked the albums before we were, went to see them. But I think when you're there and you feel like a connection between the music and an experience and the artist, it just elevates it. Yeah. I'm trying to think if like the reverse has happened where like I've liked an album and I saw it performed badly live. Oh, that's happened for me. Was it Lauren Hill? Yeah. It was Lauren Hill at Glastonbury. But did it make you like was, dislike the album? In it hindsight? didn't make me dislike the album, but it made me not want to listen to it for a while. Really? In Manchester, she was sick, and that's why I don't discredit my review because it was good. I was happy at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I saw it at Glastonbury, I was just, ugh. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't think of another example, though. No, I, I can't really think of another example either. Like I've seen shows where I've been a bit disappointed. Yeah, but for sure. That's never it's never been enough for me to be like, oh, I'm done with them. Mm. So the last, my second last album, mm-hmm. I'll start with. I mean, I'll start with this one because I'm wearing a t-shirt. It's this one. Yeah, that was my prediction earlier. <laughs> one of my two. Well, to be fair, the people listening can't see what I just did. I'm wearing... And they don't know my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm wearing my Mac Miller Good AM t-shirt. And this was a real... I mean, the thing is, I said this was a tight pool. I always knew there had to be a Mac Miller album in there. Mm-hmm. And this is probably my favourite Mac Miller album. But before doing it, I was pitting it up against Late Registration by Kanye. Mm-hmm. And that has a lot of very good memories, particularly because it was like one of the first uh, hip-hop albums. In fact, it wasn't really the first hip-hop album, but there were songs on that album that got me into hip-hop. Mm. And then I revisited it as a whole when I was a bit older. But um, I knew that I had to have some Mac Miller on there because it would be too difficult to spend time in the bloody lockdown and not be able to listen to Mac Miller. So I had to pick one of the albums. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And this one, I feel like it has a pretty good range of uh, modern hip hop beats, where it's mm. not necessarily trap, but like kind of just like 808s and a bit fast pace, but mixed mm. with songs like Weekend and Roz. And yeah. even the festival, like I know some people don't really like that song. I quite like that song. And like um, Extension as well. Ascension, yeah. I think like it's got quite a good range of things on it. They like you wouldn't be like I miss this certain sound because they're all kind of in this album. And this was also the first album that I listened to by Matt Miller. Like I remember, I think it came out, and I didn't really listen to him. I knew Hundred Grand Kids, but I didn't know it was him. Fucking, like, all my friends listened to it and check it out, and it was just like ridiculous. And since then, I yeah. Back. Made a promise to my mama that I bless her with some grandkids. Yeah. She can spoil them. But till then, I'm getting dollars. I'm just doing what I gotta. And a man live. And it's all day. I'm a guy, get a whole squad a job, get them all paid. Came a long way from all state, yeah. Now we all American. We all American. Yeah, same. I, I hadn't really listened to him. 
And then this album came out and you gave me this and like four other projects. And I was like, mm. how am I supposed to filter through this right now? <laughs> like, give me some direction. So I listened to this album again. We went to see him. Yeah. Um, as is as is the case with pretty much everyone. Apart from Which is mad now, like obviously in hindsight, and because fucking he's died now. But we can be like, yeah, we managed to see him before he died. Yeah. And I, and I remember when he died. First of all, I remember we were together when we found out, mm. and it was awkward. Like yeah. <laughs> we were playing FIFA, and I think Joe and Ollie were there. And I remember just reading it and just being like, I think Mac Miller's dead. And like Ollie didn't really listen to him. Joe like ha- I think half listened to him, but didn't really know. Yeah, and me yeah. and you, me and you were just like, what? <laughs> like yeah. then. I remember going back and watching the videos from that show and <laughs> the one where he's like rapping almost directly to us and he like keeps messing it up. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> like, it's so he funny. He tries to go into the chorus too early. <laughs> it's so funny because I remember like, I was trying to find a video to like post on Instagram and I found that video mm. and he's like right there in front of us. And not only does he like mess up the bit that he's coming to come into the song, he like jumps off the speaker onto the stage, nearly falls, <laughs> and then his DJ like, <laughs> kind of him, like is everyone having a good time? <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, it's not really like it's not very good representation of what was going. And that that was like the only point that he messed up. Like yeah, it's not like he exactly. kept messing up throughout the show. It was just just happened to be the one point where we had like the perfect shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is hilarious. Um, mm. But no, that that show was crazy. It was at Coco in like a tiny venue, and it was on the Good AM tour. I, you know what though? I do actually kind of remember that at that show, the crowd would mosh to literally every song, and like he would play like uh, Weekend or Roz, and the crowd would mosh. And I feel like in high, I don't really remember it as much now. Like I just think, oh, that was a good song. But then I was like mm. watching those videos again, thinking like, damn, that crowd was so annoying. Yeah, but we were at that age where we just weren't in an annoying crowd. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you go to a gig now and you're like, what are they doing? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Everybody needs to calm down and know when to react appropriately. I remember when I, I went to like see you... when I went to see Amine, then mm. uh, we stood like right at the back to the left. And we could see everything. Was it at Coco? No, it was at Shepherd's Bush Empire. And like, mm. you see everything, but you just didn't have to be fucking mm. pushed around by 15-year-olds on yeah. MMA. Yeah, I feel like you get that a lot at Coco. Oh, really? Me and uh, Dexter went to see Brockhampton, and that was, my gosh. <laughs> um, that was like, I've never seen a crowd so into anybody. Oh, really? They were, apart from maybe... I saw Billie Eilish as well. That was a similar vibe. Oh, yeah. This was, this was something else. Billie Eilish was different because the age was lower. This was like intense passion. They could (laughs) not stand still. Like, you felt like you couldn't breathe and you were just like... (laughs) And it it does kind of ruin the show. But for them, it's what kind of makes it. Yeah, when you get a bit older, then you've got to kind of bite the bullet and be like... My time is up at the front. <laughs> I'm just going to chill. Yeah, well, it's not even always at the front. Sometimes at the front, there's like a little quiet space mm. <laughs> of the people that understand what's going on. <laughs> like, gosh golly, let's calm down. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
Is it your favourite Mac Miller album? Hmm. I think it is, but I think I realised that Mac Miller fans mm-hmm. all have a different Mac Miller album that mm-hmm. is for them. Um, yeah. And I feel like I got introduced to it by people who liked watching movies and faces. Yeah. And then they still, like, those are still their favourite Mac Miller albums. But then, like, I got into it and really liked Good AM. Mm. And then my girlfriend, Mia, she, I think, would probably say that Swimming's her favourite album because that's kind of when she got into that. People, like, grew up with Mac Miller and, like, listened to, like, the mixtapes and stuff and they were coming out. Mm. And they would say that was their best time. I kind of feel like everyone has the best time of Mac Miller. And Good AM is my. He's got sign. so much music. It's a bit mad, and I think as well. Uh, before he died, he would say like, "I've literally got like hundreds of albums worth of music," mm. and a lot of it is kind of getting leaked now, which is a bit of a shame, but also inevitable. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like the guy was fucking. <laughs> like, he just made so much music. He was also one of those people where you just think like he spends so much time doing this. Like he's just mm. on another level to what you would comprehend of being good at music. All right, onto your final one. Onto my final one. Do I do my honourable mentions before my final one, or should uh, I just do my final one? No, I say just do your final one and then. Because I would say. Probably surprising that there's no Kanye. Probably surprising that there's no Kendrick. Mm. Those are the two like obvious ones, if people are familiar with me. <laughs> Hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the one that was... Um, fuck it, I'm going to do them now anyway. The one that was going to be instead of Made in the Manor was Heaven by Jamila Woods. But Very that's not it. That's not my last pick either. A <laughs> uh, grand don't come free. Also, not my last pick. <laughs> or by the streets. Yeah, I I thought there's no point just having you moan about the streets. The this is a non-argument podcast. I'm not here. To I know it wasn't the right choice anyway, but I do love that album. Yeah. Um, other close contenders: At Folsom Prison by Johnny Cash, um, mm. Diamond Life, Sade, Blonde. Uh, the Sun's Tirade, Ego Death, J5, any J5, I didn't, I couldn't specify. Yeah. And really interestingly, I was going to, like I listened to it on a walk, kind of as a joke, because I was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if one of my picks for my lockdown music was Isolation by Caliuchis? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like really feeling it. But really? there's, there's too yeah. many songs that I just... I'm not sold on. So, what is my final pick? <laughs> <laughs> this is a big build-up for something that nobody cares about. <laughs> um, it is Telephone by No Name Gypsy. Oh, what? the original Telephone. What do you mean? <laughs> the original Telephone before the official telephone yeah i met a wise man on the corner of an island in thailand a good man he helped me with my finance he told me my lifespan would spend a lifetime of phone calls and staplers and people to piss off but i reminded him my barely career i graduated high school happy i even got c's 
cause of these and that's what's looking hella grimy. Baby sister smiling at me, just happy to come behind me. So do you want to explain it to people that don't know what the original okay. was? So, uh, No Name is a Chicago rapper and poet whose first appearance on the track was on Lost of uh, Chance Rapper's Acid Rap. Interesting fact that if you if you enjoy that, um, and she used to be called No Name Gypsy back in the day, and I heard her on Lost and I was like, whoa, this is like something really different. I think it's kind of the poetry background, whatever. I went into a lot of tried to find whatever other music she had, and she had this project called Telephone. I don't think it was ever official. I tried to look it up after this. It is still on YouTube. I mean, before this, sorry. It is still on YouTube. If you search for No Name Gypsy Paradise, like the playlist will come up. So that's, the album is Telephone as it was then. Because when when her album was coming out, I remember being like so excited. And it is an amazing album. I remember in the build-up, she said, I'm going to delete all my music that I've made up until this point. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that happening? I don't, but it's believable. Okay. Well, she, she said, I'm going to delete all my music, and then she changed her name because Gypsy is not something that people should be saying anyway. But I'm just saying it for the specification. Yeah. But this album, part of the appeal of it to me is the exclusivity of it. I like, even though I don't do it anymore, I like the fact that I used to find these artists that weren't there yet. Yeah. And I know that it's like it's not a perfect album. Some of it is unfinished, and it it's not like clean and well produced, really. But it reminds me so much of that time of finding music. It reminds me of me and you playing FIFA and listening to music and talking about these kind of things. Um, it reminds me of the time that I was obsessed with Chance the Rapper without it being tarnished by Chance the Rapper now. <laughs> Yeah, massively hear that one. (laughs) So it's nostalgic for me in that way. I also stand by the fact that No Name has never spat a bad verse. Like, everything she raps is great. Yeah. It also really reminds me a lot of my relationship. Um, I remember very much in my first year when the real telephone album came out mick jenkins was playing in london and she got added to the show two days before and i was like oh my god i've got to go and and i was telling ruby and she was like what like what are you talking about (laughs) and i was like oh my god no name she's incredible i have to go blah 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 blah. i managed to get tickets off some guy who's reselling because the show was sold out and i managed to convince dexter to go even though he also didn't know no name and he didn't know mick jenkins but that's what friends are for (laughs) (laughs) and i remember playing her this album for some reason i picked this one rather than the actual official album like front to back in our room and i remember it being something that just stayed as a like ever present throughout our relationship. Oh, like that's very sweet. It is quite sweet. I thought I'd end on a nice sentimental note because mm. um, it's very varied in the vibe, but it's mostly kind of sad about growing up mm. and like not knowing how to feel and a lot about race uh, as she tends to do and about um, gender and it's it's one where you can listen to it and like really analyze it 
or you can listen to it and just enjoy the like seemingly happy vibes same way of hey are on paradise like sometimes you're like ah oh, this is nice mm. sometimes you're like oh no what's she saying <laughs> so you, you, you can choose <laughs> you can choose to tune in and have a sense of dread about this lockdown mm-hmm. or you can be like this is a nice happy day mm. we're all going to be okay no names rapping it's a great time she's only young she doesn't hate white people yet um <laughs> everything is just going to be all right and that's yeah. how i feel with that album and even though it's like some album that i youtube converted and the quality is sound quality is not great yeah. it sticks with me as something that i listen to and it's again it's a good length for a walk if you need a walk <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember me and uh joe superfan joe we went mm. to go see her at like some tiny venue in angel called mm. i think it used to be called metalworks and now it's called electroworks or maybe the other way around i can't remember i weirdly i just saw tom mish in the crowd because he was oh that's nice i know you know now that i think about it laura mish his system was supporting so it makes sense oh i mean <laughs> you should have been thinking about that at the time when i went to see kano a couple months ago laura Connor was in the crowd really that's really yeah. cool hmm. um anyway so yeah we saw her and obviously joe had also listened to the original telephone but this was on like mm. the actual telephone tour mm. and which was she, really small yeah, and the show was only like half an hour and it was a really small venue and it was like a good show, but like short but sweet. And yeah. she didn't play any of the original telephone. And mm. I'm not sure whether it was like maybe copyright issue or something like she didn't clear the samples or whatever and she wasn't allowed to play them. Or maybe she's just been like, all right, that part of me is done. But after yeah. the show, then me and Joe were like, we were 17, we had nothing better to do. We hung around it, uh, hung around afterwards. She came out, mm. took a picture, and I was like, Really like your music? I've liked it since like Sunday morning, all that shit. And she was like, mm. Oh, well, it like, seemed like surprised. And I was like, <laughs> I think maybe to her, it's like she released it and then deleted it, and that kind of part of her life is yeah. done. Like but- she deleted it and changed her name. Like it's a clear separation, yeah. I would say. But you know, like, it still exists and it still, still exists had, it's still there on youtube for the people that want to go find it yeah and it still had an effect on people like you and me yeah and i can't tell you the last time i listened to it but i remember like sunny days like exactly playing fifa listening to those songs being like mm. damn this is a really good album <laughs> <laughs> and i remember like very like very clearly if there's like we're going on a long drive and we can't decide what to put on there'll be like a list of a few albums that we might play and this will be one of them okay so you see earlier i said to you has a bad show ever made you like uh dislike something from an artist from does no name saying i hate white people make you be like "Mm, maybe i don't have the same connection with this as i thought um no (laughs) to be honest it doesn't because i understand that she probably doesn't want me to be listening to music the music that she's making is quite entangled in race and it would be frustrating to then have a show and have no white uh no black people turn up Mm. like i i do understand where the frustration's coming from 
Um, I don't think she should be saying I hate white people. Yeah. And I don't know if it's naive of me to not believe that she fully hates white people. Um, but then she also like idolizes Lauren Hill. And yeah. it stems from the same sort of thing. Um, I'm not saying it makes hate it makes sense to hate white people, but I understand the thought <laughs> process. And uh, because I'm so attached to music, I don't. It doesn't. I mean, to be happens. fair, I would agree with you if she didn't tour around Finland, where there are no non-white people. <laughs> and I feel like if you're touring around Finland, then you can't really complain about. But you're saying that like she's exclusively touring Finland. <laughs> <laughs> like she's not down in Finland. This is my spot. Where are my people at? <laughs> like, no, but you know what I mean. Like, if you do a show in Finland, you can't be like, "What's going on?" But when you're an artist and there's demand for you to do a show, uh, management are going to be like, "Go to do all these shows and mm. get as much money as possible." Well, that's the thing. Is the money yeah. worth more than the principle? Interesting thought. Moving on <laughs> to my last one. You see, you said that uh, you're talking about how that telephone album was really special for your relationship and that was a nice note to end on. Mm. This is a less nice note to end on. (laughs) (laughs) This is the opposite of that. (laughs) Uh, This album, I've really thought about not including purely because there are so many lines about mortality and death and even suicide. Mm -hmm. I was like, is this a good album to take to the lockdown? But you know what? It's got so many bangers on it that <laughs> I just couldn't not. And mm-hmm. it's between this and Elmatic, and Elmatic is what I often thought was the best hip hop album of all time. But and it's ready to die, isn't it? It's ready to die. Live from Bedford Stuyvesant, son, the loudest one. Representing BK to the fullest. Gats are bullet. Bastards ducking when Big B bucking. Chicken heads be clucking in my back room fucking. It ain't nothing. They know Big B handling with the Mac in the act door paneling. Bandaging MCs. Oxygen, they can't breathe. Mad tricks up the sleeve. We're boxes so my dick can breathe. Yeah, <laughs> it just is ready to die. I mean, no, to be fair, I, I'm not convinced that Ready to Die is better than Illmatic, but... It's damn good though. For this particular scenario, there's longer, there's more songs, there's a bigger variety of songs, Mm -hmm. and my favorite songs are better than my favorite songs on Illmatic, even though I don't think there are as many on Ready to Die. Yes. I know, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, going on it. I mean, like, I mean, Juicy was one of the first hip hop songs that I really got into, and I think that's kind of the same with everyone. And to be honest, if it came on the album, I'd probably skip it because I've heard it a bit too many times. That means, yeah, because everybody knows every word. Exactly. That being said, like, you listen to it, and tracks like "Things Done Change" and "Give Me the Loot" and "Machine Gun Fun," like, there's the first three proper songs on the album. Yeah. Even like, it goes. Those three warning, ready to die, one more chance. Like, yeah, you've struggled to find a better run of songs on an album. Than that. <laughs> you know and, what's an underrated song on that album? Mm-hmm. Respect. Oh is... no, I, I was getting to it. <laughs> okay, you can. The skit well, I mean, needs to was, go. That was it. But, that was it. <laughs> but respect is so sick. It's but the skit is. Song. You know what? It's actually when I listen to that song. 
that mm. was kind of the tipping point for going for this over Romantic. It's so good. But then, like songs like Suicidal Thoughts and Me and My Bitch, I was like... Suicidal Thoughts is really good, though. It's a really good song, but like when you're... For a while, it was probably my favourite song. Really? When you're trapped in the lockdown, it's a bit like... Yeah. But you know what? Like The rest of the album made up for it so much that I feel Mm. like... Yeah. Um, I feel a bit uncomfortable listening to it these days, but just playing is what got me like really appreciating beats. I don't even remember that to be honest. Just playing Brackets Dreams? Yeah. <laughs> the one where he's like just talking about all the every famous woman and who and like mm. saying he wants to sleep with them. Okay. In my process for deciding, two thousand and one mm-hmm. by Dr. Dre was on the short list. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of skimmed through it and I thought, you know what? I knew there was misogyny and things like that on this album, but I Mm -hmm. didn't really comprehend like how often it is. Yeah. (laughs) Every song. Basically every every song. song. Every verse of every song, there's some misogyny in there. But basically the entire album is just them flexing, saying how much they hate women, yet all they do is love them. Yeah. And it's basically like my dissertation. Like, yeah. <laughs> and how they just smoke copious amounts of weed and mm. live the life. And I thought, you know what, if I'm in a lockdown, that's not really what I'm after, to be honest. No. And I think even though there is kind of similar themes on Ready to Die, because it's quite introspective and uh, more clever in the way that it says things. It's not just so, like, in your face, I sleep with bitches. Mm-hmm. Apart from on Dreams, which I would say yeah. that is in your face. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the rest of it, I feel like, is more, I don't know. Mm. Part of my appeal to Telephone, for mm. me, is the kind of reverse element of that. Where she's like, guys, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> and I would say that especially with um, Heaven, which I didn't pick, which got swapped out for Made in the Manor. Like, that is an album where it's kind of the opposite completely, in that like the wordplay is really direct, and it's not wordplay. It's just like raising the issues, and you're like, why is this okay? And she's phrasing it in a way where you're, it's really making you think. And you're like, oh. Oh, this like why is this in every single song? And just yeah, mm. I mean the thing is to say oh I don't want to listen to misogyny in hip hop is to just rule out a lot of it, ninety percent of it. So mm. it's difficult to listen to something that you obviously don't agree with so much. It's a very in depth conversation, but I will say like there's more to this album that made me oh think yeah that, definitely. Like, there's no there's so much to it that you can see past it in a way. Mm. And you can kind of appreciate the genius at work. I mean, it begins with his birth. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's interesting, though? I feel like on my version that I had, it Mm. ended at Suicidal Thoughts. Oh, really? Didn't have Who Shot Ya or Just Playing. That is interesting. So I feel like that's why I don't remember that song. But obviously I know Who Shot Ya because there was bigger context to it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's a really, I almost wish that's how it worked. 
because that's <laughs> like to start with his birth and then end with his yeah. potential suicide in that that would have been good I yeah. mean it's st- <laughs> it still is depending on how you look at yeah. the album I mean the album is still good <laughs> yeah, the album is still incredible and yeah I think Illmatic like I'm not saying it's not the best hip hop album but there's a couple mm. songs in it that I felt could be skipped and it's not even that long of an album in itself like there's 10 songs one of them is an intro so there's really mm. nine and there's two skips there's like seven songs it's not really enough for a lockdown and this one and Ready to Die is more varied as well yeah for sure yeah should we run down everything we've got then? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so I have got five albums. Not sure if you knew that. <laughs> um, <laughs> the unofficial telephone. <laughs> um, Can I just say? Ne- yeah. Niche. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Hella niche. Hella niche. <laughs> this is like it's like when I picked um, Sunday service, and I was like, oh, it's not a song. <laughs> <laughs> So this album is not an album, but yeah. it's in there. Uh, <laughs> Made in the Manor by Kano, Sky at Night by I Am Clute, Reverence by Faithless, and 2AM by Brock Berrigan. Enjoy them all. Listen to yeah. them. And mine were Settle by Disclosure, Malibu by Anderson Pack. Uh, what was the third one? It was flipping F- uh, French Kiwi Juice by FPJ, <laughs> um, Good AM by Matt Miller, and Ready to Die by Biggie Smalls. I was supposed to say go listen to all of them. That's quite a oh, yeah. diverse 10 albums. I feel like yeah. there's got to be something for every one of our three listeners. <laughs> um, gotta be, there's got to be something for both of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, go check that. I certainly have some things to check out from Aaron's side as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. The albums that I didn't, that I want to shout out, that I didn't include, uh, Cash My Tears and Grey Area. Yeah. Koji Radical and Little Sims, respectively. Yeah, they got both got ruled out by my two years rule. Mm. But they were they would have been otherwise. I went. There was a point where it was like. I had to cut at least two of those two, Illmatic and Ready to Die. Mm. And then French Kiwi Juice came up and I was like, well, oh, this is transparent otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we talked about them enough on the previous podcast, but yeah, people those, know. those are incredible albums. And Late Registration by Kanye, almost purely just for Drive Slow, um, mm. which is probably my favorite Kanye song ever. Um, <laughs> and my car's like the movies. <laughs> no, I mean, so it's the baby on the shit. <laughs> Beautiful line. And also, Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Yeah, that was on mine as well. I don't know why I didn't say that. Yeah. Um, nearly, but there's just, there's also with that, there's just a couple of skips. That's the end of that bit. Yeah. Should we finish with any recommendations? I think that is recommendations. To be fair, yeah, that is ten albums to get through if you haven't listened. At, at least ten. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, good thing everyone has time on their hands. Yeah, you've got no excuses not to listen to this and the following episodes. <laughs> we should have opened with that. <laughs> yeah. Don't listen to the following episodes. It's personal this time. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, hopefully coming again very soon because, like we said, we've got time. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully recording more soon as well. I feel like now is the time to be productive, so we'll try and record some more. Although that being said, if you're in a productive line of work and productivity isn't coming to you, you don't need to force it. Sure will come. Yeah, that's fine. Feel free to, like, don't get angry at yourself. It's happening to me sometimes. <laughs> Just let it, let it happen. It will happen. It's scary times. Mm-hmm. We don't need to put extra pressure on ourselves. Everybody needs to stay, stay, stay safe and stay safe as well. <laughs> <laughs> For, yeah, stay safe in these good times. And we'll see you next time. Bye, yeah. Peace out. Where's Aaron gone? He disappeared and I don't know where he has gone. Uh oh.